It's real. It's real. You know the deal. You know the deal. Hey, it's Shante. And I'm Natalie. And welcome to What's the Deal, a podcast powered by the Norfus Firm. At the Norfus Firm, we solve people problems. We work with companies all around the world on HR and DEI uh, initiatives. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Why did I like had to hesitate a bit? Juke it. I, I did a little, little bit. Shoulder yeah. shimmy. <laughs> so we're having fun today. You don't even we know. Are having fun we're today. hyped today. Um, I so having coffee. This is fantastic. No. Mm-mm. What's in that cup? Tea. Uh, mind your business. No, just <laughs> <laughs> no. It's green tea and um, mint, green tea, mint tea, and apple cider vinegar. Ooh. So, oh, that got you hyped though. Yeah, yeah. you got to do that more often. Anyway, so we we had a pretty fiery episode. Uh, talking about this concept of anti-DEI, anti-woke, how it's getting all this attention and shifting the narrative away from what DEI is truly about. Mm -hmm. And in that case, just a quick recap there, good business practices. And in terms of what we mean by good business practices, we all want the best talent possible. Mm -hmm. Talent doesn't discriminate. So we're going to look everywhere for the best talent. Mm -hmm. Um, People want to know the rules of the game. They want to know what it takes to succeed. You should want them to know what it takes to succeed if they have that drive, equity, and getting yourself into habits and practices to uh, be actively inclusive with folks helps with retention and helps people to stay inclusion. So it's very difficult. And in fact, we have not identified any stats or data that counter Mm -hmm. these sort of high level points on why DEI is good for business. But Shantae, and it feels really, really strange to ask you this question, but I feel like to reclaim the narrative, we have to, what is the business case for DEI? Well, I mean, you really just, you just stated it. It it is about maximizing profits, potentials, all those things with, through your people. And so the business case for DEI, like you just said, talent, you, you, you increase the pool for talent you increase opportunities for people to exceed, you will get people to stay. And in doing all those things, you reduce your costs ultimately, you know, because you, you getting people in the door takes a lot of money. We do executive search at the firm. So, I mean, maybe you have some numbers there on what it costs it to replace It can cost six someone. to nine months of a salary yeah, of someone to replace them. Six to nine months. If you think about, if you had to replace a CFO and your CFO made uh, $250,000 a year, six to nine months of that 250000 is what it could cost you to replace that person. It's a lot of money. Now you got some cars with some stats. Yeah. Because we, we like the data. So tell us, tell us a few stats well, just so we don't have to just tell, like, so just you know, so we prove know, it, to prove it. You know, so, well, when we talk about this DEI stuff, we also, because of this madness that's happening in the world, we, we really have found it helpful to I guess maybe reframe it or position it as an element of culture. Yeah. Um, company culture. Company culture. Because a lot of folks like to talk about DI like it's something separate off to the side. Like it's it's a some sort of, I don't know, you know, I'm older. So I would say something that I'm not going to say here because it's not appropriate in these new 2023 times. <laughs> but you treat it off to the side. Anyway, so it's like we're trying to bring it back together for culture. Like a separate entity. There you go. Yeah. That's it. And it's not. It's it's very much connected to it. And so if you if that makes you feel better about talking about DEI, if it's related to culture, then there's a definite tie there. And so, you know, it's important to think of it as a way, you know, if we think about workplace culture, because that's really 
trying to pull that into that. It is the shared values, belief systems, attitudes, and set of assumptions that people that people in the workplace share. And this is Forbes is giving us this definition. So D so shared culture, values. Shared values. Mm-hmm. So we all want the best talent. We all want to work with people that are very t- have you ever worked with someone who was not that great? Come on. That's the worst experience. <laughs> of course. <laughs> ever. So yes, we all want people who are awesome and do really, really good work. Or someone who doesn't carry their work, the workload, like they're part of it. That's the worst experience. Like you want to kick them. But anyway, so you want really great people around you, right? And so you share that value of hard work. Well, and I think if you look at it inside of that, if we're looking at some of the, the examples that we see of shared values in an organization, um, if we use like a nonprofit as an example, a shared value would be you know, dedication to the mission of the organization. Yep. So if it's to eradicate hunger, you know, amongst a certain group in a certain city, you know, when you're doing your, your hiring, you're really testing for, do they have the passion for this mission? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you're looking at, you know, even a for-profit company, say like, a, you know, a, a company that sells like technology devices, like cell phones, whatever their case may be is, you're looking for someone who's got a passion or an interest mm-hmm. in, in, in the thing that you sell. So first it's sort of like coming along the lines of we share the value of what this organization is trying to accomplish. That's it. Then a lot of organizations develop sort of core other core values, right? Like they want folks who are humble. They want folks who hustle. They want folks who are driven. Whatever the things are that you're looking for in terms of that shared value, when you are sort of looking for that on the front end, you're also looking for it to sustain throughout the organization. Right. So when you're looking at that in the context of, again, a shared understanding, what happens, I mean, a shared sort of uh, shared values and, and how that, again, it connects to everything we've been talking around, about around DEI. What does a strong company culture do for a company? Like, why should they even care about having a strong company culture? Well, again, this is where some really good stats come in. So according to a recent survey at Good Hire, they found that 83% of leaders and 76% of employees believe a more diverse group of coworkers leads to a more enjoyable work environment. And you you want to be you want that when you have to go to work because we spend so much time at work right. or doing work. It's like we 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 need to have an environment that is supportive of us and who we are as people. And so in a diverse group, you you it's just a lot more fun. Uh, at least it is. I, know, I think so. It is. Um, it and is. then you know. It, it, Go speaking to that, being diverse and creating the environment, a lot of us talk about creating a culture of belonging. And another another really great stat here um, says among employees, it's paramount to leading a successful organization with a healthy workplace culture is, is that culture of belonging. And so according to a research driven 2021 analysis by McKinsey and company on the black American experience at work, there's a significant trust deficit between organizations and their black employees. To that end, black employees were more likely than white employees to report that they often don't feel that their employees value and embrace diversity and allow them to be their full selves and reward them fairly at work. So if we're thinking about this in terms of like DEI and culture, that right there is an amazing stat to say why it's important to center DEI as it relates to culture. But I would love to hear your opinion on that, the kind of intersection on DEI, culture and people's experiences at work. So if we're starting from sort of this idea that the first stat from good hire, right? That essentially 80%, if we just kind of, mm-hmm. of, of rough it out there, 80% of the people surveyed are like, my workplace experience is better when there's a lot of different types of people who work here, mm-hmm. right? So that's sort of the broad view of step one is 
like I said in the previous episode, people want this, right? Yeah. And the, the, the importance of knowing what people want is that it helps you become an employer of choice. It helps you. I mean, you're, you're being given the roadmap here of what people want to come here and give you their best work, mm -hmm. right? So first of all, the average person by and large wants to come to work in a place that's not homogenous in a place that a lot of different views and people are represented. Mm -hmm. So, okay. If we're thinking about making good business decisions, it's important to make sure that we have the practices, the routines, the processes in place to continuously listen to the voices of our employees, mm -hmm. which a lot of companies do through employee engagement surveys, stay interviews and the like. We need that so that we can sort of stick, keep our finger on the pulse of what makes people tick and what makes people want to stay. Right. Right. So there's that piece that stat from McKinsey was, is, is really interesting because it is also tells you that when, even when you understand what, what people want generally, that good hire, that good hire stat is like a general want, mm -hmm. a generally want a diverse place. Mm -hmm. It also, the McKinsey research tells us that certain segments of your employees may be having different experiences and there are going to be uh, times and opportunities where you're going to have to have unique strategies for those, those, those voices. So meaning if we look at, you know, okay, a lot of black people don't have a lot of trust for their leaders, um, commitment to DEI. Okay. We would need to work on a strategy to sort of correct that. Now, it's not that we only care about black people and we're going to only focus on black people. Right. It's not what we're saying, but it would be no different than if you had a product that you put out that did really, 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 really great with one group, but a group that usually spends a lot of money on your product is all of a sudden not that interested. You would want to understand why mm -hmm. and understand like, how do we get this group interested in buying this product? Right. That's, I mean, that's what marketing analytics teams do and companies around the world is what is making a consumer interested in buying our stuff or not. Right. And so it's no different when you're with your employees. If you're not, your, your work is not landing or your, your initiatives are not landing with a certain group. Mm -hmm dig in. Mm -hmm. 100%. Especially if, again, if we talk about the values, we talk about the things that are important to people. If you value diversity, if you value and what that brings, innovation, creativity, you know, maximize profits, all those things. If you value having, you know, the space where all these amazing minds can come in and create the best work possible, you do have to do that work. You have to look at why is an experience within this group so much different from an experience in that group. Right. And, and if you're looking at it from a culture perspective and you, and a lot of people pride themselves on, you know, inclusive culture and people coming here wanting to stay here. And if that is not the case for a particular group, you really have to investigate it. But again, it, it comes back to that shared value, those shared beliefs, those shared assumptions, and that we, we all want to work in a place where we feel we can see ourselves and we want to contribute to. And so um, folks, folks really have to stay grounded in their values in order to um, have a culture that, that is, can sustain this really volatile workplace that we find ourselves in. Hey, when you're looking for talented organizational leaders, you need as many tools as possible to help you find the perfect fit. At the Norfus Firm, we harness the power of our well-developed networks, sophisticated search software, and extensive data to aid our disciplined search process, all with the goal of finding diverse, high-quality executive candidates for you. Learn more at thenorfusfirm.com. Now, something that you're really, really excellent at is <laughs> random internet research. And I think that... It's my that, favorite thing. Yeah, to do so we think about 
uh, some of your random internet research. That's really not that random, y'all. She's very intentional, but she loves to call it random internet research. Um, I go down rabbit holes. Yeah, she does. And then she comes out and you're like, holy crap, how did you find that? That is brilliant. You do a lot of research on our clients, like what the ex- external side set does. Mm-hmm. We're talk about when you go into and you take a look at like Glassdoor and stuff like that. Oh yeah. So how does that tie into it, to this? Oh man, because people are raw out here. They <laughs> will, they will give you the they real. Will, they, they will, will drag your you. throat before you even they know will it. Drag you yeah. out here in in these uh, employment streets. It's really. <laughs> You really don't want it. <laughs> so, so you really have to be mindful of, again, how are you treating people? So what are, what are some of the things you see when you dig into some of these reviews and the data that you see there? Oh, man. Like they, the, how the, the leadership culture, they, there's no, it's poor communication or collaboration is bad or there's, they favorite, there's a lot of favoritism with certain groups. And, and it, it, we always talk about self-awareness. And it always comes back to that. People don't even understand that they're showing up in this way as leaders in the organizations. But these are having a de- like a direct impact on the on the workplace and people who work there. And the leaders really are kind of the purveyors of the culture. It's like you have to make sure that you're being mindful of how you are sh- expressing these values, how you're showing up and talking to people, because that's people's direct experience of the place. And if, if, if it's not done well, if you don't center people, if you don't really focus on creating an environment where lots of different people can succeed, removing barriers for success, you know, making sure people creating the container for inclusion. And it's, and it's the, and the self-awareness is also key to we have presented data like this, uh, sort of what we've seen externally talked like, you know, what basically the reviews are of certain companies. Mm-hmm. And it's it's interesting how often leaders don't even think about the fact that people are out there talking about them in a certain way and not being So they're not even aware of their employment brand, right? right? They, they are saying, Oh my God, we need to blah, blah, blah. And it's like, that's sort of step one is like, what does the marketplace say about you as an employer? Mm-hmm. A lot of employers love to tout these sort of surveys that they score high on like best p- places to work and, and all of that. And I certainly, we, we understand the, the under why people sort of seek out some of those re- award those, what are they? Awards. Recognition, Recognition awards. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, but the reality is, is that the employers are providing the data to answer the surveys that determine those lists and like, you know, no problem. But, you know, if you think about the world that we've turned into, we all read reviews. So if you're thinking about like Airbnb, I love Airbnb. That's how I pick my vacations, right? Scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. I see a place that looks cute. I see how many reviews I start reading down the reviews. And if there's a lot of consistency in what people are Mm -hmm. saying, I get an idea of like, is this a place I want to book a new restaurant or a restaurant that everyone's talking about? You go on Yelp or open table. What are people, what what picture, do the pictures that people post look like the pictures at the restaurants? Like we all do that. Well, it's no different with employers, right? People go on Glassdoor because Glassdoor has a crazy amount of information that gets reported. And it's like, Again, if we're thinking about data and we're thinking about culture, mm-hmm. that's that sort of external piece is an indicator mm-hmm. of whether or not you are delivering on the culture you say you have. That's it. That's and so it's just this idea of and why we're talking about it is when there's intentionality around culture building, the overlay with DEI, which, again, I mean, it's really largely around inclusion it was really all of it right inclusion the different voices coming in understanding that you have 
you know, a lot of different perspectives, but when you sort of start to hone in on it and, and see, okay, there's all these different layers to what makes us a great business, to what makes us a place where people want to come and work. Mm-hmm. It's so critical to stay on top, have a dashboard of sorts where this stuff is constantly being looked at. So you don't fall behind. So you don't get tripped up. Right. That's it. Now, the other thing that, you know, again, we, 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 we'll, we could talk about, you know, the workplace culture piece and the benefits of that. And, 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 and again, it's super important. The other thing that I think that, you know, we don't get to talk about as much is it, it adds money to your bottom line, right? There's so many great pieces of, of statistics on this. I would say, and I always sort of advocate for following the research that McKinsey has done since 2015 Mm -hmm. called Why Diversity Matters, because they probably have the largest data set of um, companies around the world and being able to demonstrate that when you have um, more diverse leadership, both Mm -hmm. ethnicity and gender, you will outperform industry peers, Mm -hmm. right? There's percentages that have been identified and tied to it. So I, I think when I look at that information and those stats, I'm always like, so do you want to leave money on the table? Like, are you in the business of me leaving money on the table? Are you in the business of leaving stones unturned? Hmm. I mean, I don't think, I think most business leaders would be like, absolutely not. We're going to maximize profits. Da, 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 da. So it's sort of like. That's fascinating because if you think about it in that way, which we've been talking about, but it's like, if you really think about it as in doing this well is, is literally a lever you can pull to maximize your profits. Yeah. It, guys. Just like you would want to do a product research or do, you know, analyze your fi- your finances and everything else. This is another one that you really need to dig into. and But you will see a direct tie to your bottom line. You'll see it. But we're so wanting to do the other things and don't want to deal with the people things. And the people are what make up. That's how your business runs. Right. It just it. Right. The dissonance just yeah. odd to me. So I think if we're sort of just summing this up, I, one of the things in the way you started off with is we, we got to keep thinking about the fact that DEI is not a separate business entity in your organization. It's not. Right. So we're at the point in this, this life cycle of DEI of it needs to be seen as part of the fabric, part of the DNA, part of your workplace culture, which really surrounds having shared values Step one, right? So if you, as a leader, are listening and you're thinking, gosh, I don't know that we really talk about DEI as being like integrated into our fabric, push, mm-hmm. right? Push your, push your DEI teams. Uh, number two, when we think about uh, company culture and building a place where people want to stay and do their best work, the stats, the data tells us people want a diverse workplace yes. by and large. Yes, they do. And it's important to understand what your employees want mm-hmm. so that you can sort of pull the levers that make sense for your business so that they'll stay and do their best work. Mm-hmm. And, you know, lastly, you will make more money if you do it well. So before we wrap, I mean, the reality is, Shante, because we're seeing it in the news, you will have pockets of an organization that are resistant to it. Sure, sure. You so, never have 100%. Yeah. So so how do we deal with resistance, especially in this context of shared values? Well, uh, you know, one, sell the benefits of it, as we've been doing 
this entire time for this entire podcast, right? Like, so the benefits of DEI. But also, I mean, at some point, hey, man, this might not be the place for you. If, like, if the organization values DEI mm-hmm. like that, and it's we a part of the culture, we don't have a shared value. So, I mean, there's, you can, you don't have to be here. Exactly. So, so yeah. I think when we think about it from that perspective, the, you know, and when and, and clients have asked us this regularly, like, oh, well, so-and-so is really opposed to it, and they don't want to do this particular thing. You know, I, I, I think it's a lot easier to focus on what the business needs are than to try to change someone's mind, right? Facts. And so if we step back and say the job requires this, including DEI, mm-hmm. whatever the DEI priorities are, yeah. this is what we judge performance on. And we understand if that doesn't work for you. And I think a lot of employers get scared about saying that to people, but it's true. Like, and, I, and I've even said this to unhappy employees, you're not a hostage here. So if this is not a good fit, you can certainly look for a place that's a better fit. And I have said, we haven't run across really any companies in the past couple of years that have no, they may not have a very evolved DEI commitment, but we have not run across companies that have zero DEI commitment. So it may be harder to find an employer who's not going to expect this from you. But the reality is, is that we, again, change the narrative by just making, this is part of what we require here, period. That's it. And if you want to do the job, you want to have an, uh, a place here, this is, these are the expectations. Right. And so if they if that doesn't align for you, then okay, fine. She's on fire today, y'all. You can get somebody else. No, I'm just I'm joking. I'm joking. Okay. So, uh, what, what, where we go? We, we got to go. Well, we do have to go. Um, so yeah, this was fun, guys. Uh, I think that if you like this episode or any of the episodes, please share it with your friends. Please subscribe. YouTube, Spotify. Spotify, Apple, all the things. Turn the notifications on, you know. We, we're here. We're here for you. We will be here for you. We will continue to produce ame- amazing content, but we'll just ask for a little bit of support and share us with your friends and family Absolutely. and colleagues. Yes. And we will be back soon. Yeah. Bye. Here it is. Diversity, equity, inclusion, and leadership. That's the deal when you know what you're dealing with.